live from the Royal Coin Cabinet in Stockholm, Sweden, and brought to you by Volkswagen Das Auto. I'm Delmon. And I'm Malicious. And this is EQ2 Talk. This is episode number 41, and we are recording on February 26th, 2012. And Allie, why don't we still have theme music? The statue got me high. The statue of Raylo Zek? The statue made me die. All I know about statues is I'm not supposed to cure the curse. So let's move on to emails, shall we? That sounds like a good plan. So we got an email this week from Corargal of Antonia Bale. And Karargol writes, man, what a tongue twister. Love the show, but something I've always wanted to know, seriously, the advertisements you do on your show, are they legit or just something funny? Anyhow, as to your recent show and comments about EQ going free to play, I tried EQ once. I just could not do it. The graphics were very old compared to what I'm used to. Sure, it's probably got a lot more lore and stuff, but unless I actually invest the time to really get into it, I don't see it as worth it. Especially considering when most of my gaming time is already occupied with EQ2. Going back to an old game, which once captivated your time, is kind of like going back to the place where you once lived when you were younger. You don't see the excitement and mystery any longer as you are viewing it through older, more experienced eyes. Station Cash. Love it. Got a new set of appearance armor that I like, wings that make life so much easier, a fast horse that looks good, etc. I'm happy to pay real-life cash for the things I find important to me. That varies for everyone. Live and let live. What appeals to you may not appeal to someone else. People just need to chill. If the cash that I'm paying helps SOE make a better EQ2 or even EQ Next, then sweet. I'll play the game for as long as it holds my attention. Enjoy the many varied people I run into. Interesting to hear about your Beast Lords. Maybe it's the OCD in me, but I could not level so quickly, as I love to do all the quests I can find. By taking your time, you get good gear, lots of AAs, and get to experience most of what the game has to offer. Later on, if you get in on groups, if you're still rocking Apprentice 1s and missing some gear with hardly any AAs, Well, that's just going to make things difficult. I'm always seeing people in channel asking for AA power level. Since AAs are so valuable in the game, given your character that needed edge, I don't understand people that rocket up the levels. Laughs. Started betrayal before you picked up a horse? Buy one for some station cash. Or failing that, you could always do the quests. When I hit level 20... I'd done all the quests in the starter zones, had like 10 horses, and didn't realize it until I got the stable keeper, or something like that, achievement for having 10 of them. Kind regards, signed, Corargle, on Antonio Bale. So, Del, did you have any thoughts about Corargle's email? Yes, I did have some thoughts on Corargle's email. <laughs> First, he talks about, uh, I think, the Beast Lords, and he's... Taking a few uh, jabs at my Beast Lord noob experience. And I have to say, he's not alone. I did receive some other less than, how shall I say, less than glowing feedback on my experiences of Beast Lord. And I think that when I was doing it, we had talked about doing it for the show. So I felt that I was doing it maybe as a homework assignment. And more as, and I'm using air quotes, work than necessarily playing it. I I was doing it as an experiment and not fun time. So I think I made some mistakes in trying to just get along as fast as I could. uh, Rather than doing what I have always said 
in the past, taking the time to stop and smell the roses along the way. So I think I didn't do myself justice when I did it the first time. And I am going to take your advice, Allie, from last time. Delete the Beast Lord and start all over again. I, I didn't want to do it last week because it was double XP, and I thought that might skew my results a little bit. Uh, so I am going to maybe try Beast Lord 2.1 and see if I can get it right, or at least better, not necessarily right, but better the second time around. I, I don't think I really got a good chance to experience the Beast Lord because I was more worried about experiencing the Beast Lord, if you know what I mean. <laughs> That could be taken the wrong way, but I think I know what you mean. <laughs> because uh, something as simple as missing the horse and be, being so worried about uh, trying out the betrayal. Uh, you know what? I should have chucked all that and just played the Beast Lord and had a good time doing it to see if I did have a good time doing it as opposed to treating it like a work assignment. Yeah, I know what you mean. I um, I think I had a strategy, too. But it's, I mean, we've talked about this in, in the past. It's very difficult to not play it as an alt because it, it simply is an alt. Um, it's very hard to try to be a main because you would have to pretend like you don't know certain things. But I think we can both just sort of meander and see what happens. Uh, my strategy was basically in the selection of where I started so what about the um, the station cash? His uh, everybody just needs to chill, live and let live, Dell. Ah, uh, Dell's not so much for chilling. No, 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 no. Uh, but I appreciate his position on it. You know, station cash is one of those things. If you like it, then take advantage of it. If you're not fond of it, then as I've said, don't participate. I've chosen not to participate in it myself because I don't care for it. But while I will pass judgment on you. I won't stand in your way of doing it, okay? How does that I sound? I don't think you can stand in anybody's way. Don't try and stand in the way of between Allie and the Jiggly things. Nothing to see here, citizen. Move along. And I do have a, something to say about the the EQ going free to play. And, and my experience with EQ was the same as far as feeling like the graphics were very old compared to what I've seen and what I've played with in the past. So that was very difficult for me. And I do get what he's saying about sort of going back to somewhere from the past. It's, you know what, you're not going to be able to necessarily recapture that that you had before. Um, but I do think that if you're going back with a bunch of old friends, you know, community is such a huge part of, of an MMO. If that was where your friends ended up staying or are going back to, I think that um, that could be a good thing. Yeah, I strongly agree with that as well. And I, I think the nostalgia factor of it will draw me back for a night and will draw my friends back for a night. Will we stay long term? I don't think so. Because, again, you're, you're talking about the older graphics, and it, it's true. It's It's like visiting something and doing it for a little while. Would I go back and play Zork for a night? Yeah, maybe. If you remember that, that's all text. Uh, it'll be fun for a night, but am I going to go back and play all of them all over again? Eh, probably not, but it is fun to go down memory lane for a day or a night just to see what it was like and to hang out and go, oh, yeah, remember this time? Or let's go run down to Soul Eye and get ourselves killed again like we always used to type of thing. But will we stay long term? I, I don't see that, but I think it'll be fun to check out every now and again. It's kind of like going back to that bar at college. I go back for a night but I don't go back there as much as I used to. Is it the night before Thanksgiving? Isn't that when you always get to go see old friends the night before Thanksgiving? Because everybody's back in town, absolutely. Yeah. And then everybody shows up at the Thanksgiving dinner table, hammered, hungover. But smiling. Because it's, fa <laughs> it's family time. <laughs> family time. Oh, boy. So thank you, Karagaralo for your email and the email portion of the eq2 talk podcast has been brought to you by the new zealand post visit their website and order the 2012 new zealand annual coin featuring the fairy turn order now while supplies still last so there hasn't really been much going on with eq2 this week has there it's been kind of dead well i think you would have to have been living under a rock to not have heard of the ProSieben Sat.1 deal, 
it's not many things can generate a 150-plus page thread on the forums now, is there? No, I don't think I've seen a 150-page-plus thread. I, I think this one tops free-to-play. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about that. Uh, let's not go into specifics because I think a lot of things are still up in the air and have yet to be decided all. But what do you think of this potential fracturing of the community? Well, it doesn't specifically affect me, but I think it's a little bit awkward being an MMO where it's supposed to be sort of breaking down barriers of and, and interacting of people across the globe. It's awkward to now have some sort of a barrier that's being put up between people based on their geographic location. And while it doesn't necessarily affect me specifically, I find this whole thing unsettling, to say the least. What is unsettling about it? That new players who want to play this game that we love so much can't play with us or can't play with their other European friends who happen to already be playing the game and are grandfathered in on the U.S. servers. Yeah, I think if that does go through, that can be a real sticky widget going forward where new players joining the environment may be separated, though they're not geographically separated, separated from their friends who just recruited them into the game because mm -hmm. they are playing on servers that had been grandfathered in, if indeed that does happen. But by the same token, you can't... I, I wouldn't want to see them, you know, put up the wall without that grandfather rule. You know, kick people who are in Europe off of the U.S. servers because of where they live. I wouldn't want that either. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Although, for me, I think I'm a little indifferent. And maybe that makes me sound like a jerky a bit. But as it stands today, as far as I know, this doesn't affect me, Delmont, personally. And nor does it affect anybody who is a member of my guild, as far as I'm aware. We've had some threads in our forums about that asking, and nobody has chimed up saying that it should affect them. So does it make me a bad person to say, well, it is what it is. It doesn't affect me, so therefore it's okay to happen? I can understand how I'm part of a larger community, but if it's not directly affecting me today, then maybe I'm not a good person for speaking out against it although it makes me think of that poem uh, first they came for so-and-so and then they came for so-and-so and then they came for so-and-so and then finally they came for me so maybe i should be worried but i guess right now being a u.s citizen and being geographically located in the u.s citizen, i'm not too worried about it uh, and maybe that makes me a bad person i don't think it makes you a bad person Everybody's got their own feeling about this. Um, well, maybe some people don't have a feeling about it. But one of the things that uh, really struck me on this deal, now I don't really know how it's going to play out, but there's a lot of U.S. citizens abroad. Uh, and I think about the military because there are so many EQ2 players in the military um, how will this impact them? And how, you know, if you grandfather people, what about new people? You know, they're buddies. A absolutely. And certainly the grandfathering has not been defined as to uh, tunes or accounts as far as I know at this point. So not really sure where all that's going with this IP blocking yet. And, I, and, I, and I'm not even sure if, uh, both companies exactly know yet. Uh, and, and I think the worst thing to do is speculate uh, because uh, it, speculating leads to rumor, rumor leads to conjecture, and then you have a truth which is unfounded. Okay, but what choice do the players have but to speculate in the absence of any information or any statements of any nature from SOE? 
Absolutely. Mm. I agree. The silence that SOE has done has not done them any good. I absolutely agree with that. But let's be honest, looking at their track record and I think somewhat their corporate culture, they believe saying nothing is better than saying bad information. Well, and I can understand that. It's just uh, so much time goes by with nothing and players, you know, the sun never sets on the EQ2 community, really. Right. I mean, people are up all night, you know, thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it and posting about it and feeding off each other. It's like a runaway train by morning. Absolutely. And I love that analogy. Uh, the old saying was the sun never set on the British flag, but it's true. It never sets on the EQ2 community either because, again, it is a worldwide community. Mm-hmm. There are players who are in their prime time all the time. Mm-hmm. You're right. In that lack of information, players are left to speculate. And, of course, what will they gravitate towards? The worst case scenario. I think of that's course. human nature, right? Yeah. Everybody does that. If I don't have any information, I'm going to make up the worst case scenario. And then because nobody refutes it, therefore, it somehow morphs into becoming fact. Well, I don't know if enough people repeat it. Certainly it becomes fact. <laughs> and and um, the whole conspiracy theory I don't know if it's just human nature or EQ2 players' nature to come up with these conspiracy theories. But in the again, in the absence of refuting evidence or someone coming out to the contrary, it's very difficult, I think, to to stop that, especially when people are kind of upset about this. They feel they feel betrayed. Yes, you're right. And the FAQ that SOE put out, while it answered some questions, I think it generated more questions than it actually answered. And again, many days go by, people are asking those questions, wondering, and without any information, they start leaping to conclusions. And I think what causes that even more so in this case is the business that SOE is in. It's in the entertainment business. And I equate it to something like pro sports teams. I'm a fan of it, and I have an emotional investment in it, more so than other companies. I really feel that I am part of them and that their decisions are directly affecting me. Like you're a member of the team almost. Absolutely, absolutely. So when they make these types of things, I feel like they're – making kind of almost a a personal attack on me. But I need to remember that SOE is ultimately a corporation. They're not a member of my family. Mm -hmm. They don't have Delmon's best interests at heart. They have the best interests of their stockholders at heart. And that's who they're making decisions for, their bottom line. And as much as I am a fan and I am vested in them, I have to sometimes remember that, that they're a corporation. They're not my family. Same thing with my sports teams. I hate when they trade away my best players, the guys who are on the team who I like. But again, they're building their team for the future so that they can be competitive every year. Again, they're beholden to their stockholders, the people who own season tickets, the people who own shares in the team. It's all about ultimately making money. As much as we like to think about it's making a great game and a great community, ultimately it is a corporation and it's about making money. Yeah, I mean, there's one thing you said, I think even just in the language we use, like you said, uh, they don't have my best interests at heart. They have their shareholders' best interests at heart. I would even go so far as to say they don't have anything at heart. It's a company. It's not people. It's an entity in and of itself. They don't have a heart. And I'm talking about the corporation itself. They have a pocketbook, or it has a pocketbook. There is no heart. The heart is in the people who work at that organization, putting that effort into the products that they produce. But the corporation itself isn't the people who work there. The corporation itself is essentially 
a business model, a financial plan, uh, money in the bank. <laughs> There's no emotional anything attached to it at all. I've often used the term, it's management by Excel spreadsheets. And I, and I think that's a great example in this case because ultimately Excel spreadsheets don't have emotion. They have a bottom line. And you, your goal is ultimately to make the summation of, that, of column A as great as it can be. That's what these businesses do. That's what these corporations do. So as much as we feel that they owe us something, um, yes, I guess they owe us a good product because that makes us come back and buy more, invest more in their product. But again, as long as they're selling stuff, they're making money. And again, I, I think we, we lose that when we, when we get that emotional attachment to them. They're not part of my family. They're not my family pet. Well, and the other thing is, I think people feel betrayed because it's not, it's, it's, they see SOE as the individual people and like, you know, Smedley, you know, we've met him. Mm -hmm. We feel like we know him. We feel like he's a fellow gamer. We feel like he should be looking out for us and the product that we all love together. And I think maybe the betrayal feels worse coming from him. I, I, I think people are kind of holding him responsible, sort of like, how could you let this happen? How could you sell us out for a buck? How could you? Well, it's interesting. You, you, you quote there from what we saw, I think it was last year at Fanfare, the we're gamers too attitude okay. that they kind of put up in their slideshow. And mm -hmm. while I was very excited to hear that because it made me sound like, yes, they're vested in their product and their games, they're, they're with me. But you're right. The CEO might be a gamer, but he's also the chief executive officer. He has to make decisions for that organization that are in the best light for that organization. And ultimately, that's about making money. It's tough. I mean, we we see all these Occupy movements and all that sort of stuff, but it is really all about that. And I think I can understand why they're making these decisions. Well, and I guess I just want to, like, say something about uh, Smedley specifically and maybe, like, the team by extension. The individuals who work at SOE are people. These are the people that we feel close to. I think it's a mistake to point the finger at any one person or any group of people for violating or or betraying or or whatever your game or our game or our community because these decisions are a corporate decision and it's almost a mistake I think to confuse the company with the people who work there. I mean in the end the individual people who work there may be our friends on one page. The company itself is a separate deal. And I, I think Smedley kind of gets put in this, you know, straddling the line here because he's kind of both. But in the end, he must fall on the side of the corporation because that's his job. And if he doesn't do that, then he could be asked to step down. I mean, that's the bottom line. You have to do your job. And that is his job is to steer the ship. You know, he doesn't really have a lot of choice in it's either go this way or go that way. I, I, I think you're exactly right. It's easy to uh, think of the staff members as, to some degree, close personal friends, if you will, because we have seen them at Fanfare. We have shared beers with them at Fanfare. We see them on the forums posting uh, we see Facebook photos and team photos and that sort of stuff. It, it seems like an enjoyable, fun place to work. So it's easy to want to ingratiate yourself into the organization. But again, I'm I'm an outsider. I'm not part of my sports team either, although I feel like I am the, the 12th man type of thing. But I'm not. And so when the decisions are made that are business decisions, well, they're not for Delmont. The saying we often hear is, it's not personal, it's business. It's just good business. And that's what's driving a lot of these decisions, I think. And But our, our emotional investment sometimes clouds us from that. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. 
I mean, I, I understand that they have to do certain things, make certain decisions that are for the benefit of the dollar. I get that. I don't really think it's smart the way they handle things. I think it's this whole radio silence thing is is a mistake. When you don't say something, you you know, it's just it's just a runaway train waiting to happen. Um, but on the other hand, you know, I mean, we've seen examples in in the world of, you know, CEOs coming out and saying something and it gets twisted and turned and maybe it just sounds crass and horrible and and heartless. Uh, so maybe they're avoiding that. I, I just think the absence of anything is is bad. And, and there maybe should have been some kind of it's not as if this deal just happened last night. You know, this has been in the works for a long time, I think. And maybe they should have prepared for, you know, having something to say in the meantime while they're working out all the details. You're right. I don't know if there was some contractual obligation where both sides had to agree to announce it on a certain date. Mm-hmm. And that date arrived and they still didn't have all their FAQs that they wanted to FAQ done yet. But I agree. I think this soon mentality and we see that in so many aspects of of soe this soon mentality permeates i think throughout the entire corporation as far as i can tell Uh, it's dangerous i think to announce something like eq2 players or the fact that the uh, mobile version of the key fob is coming and these things never materialize they're Mm -hmm. left out there soon well game up the game update is coming soon well is soon, are we talking hours, days, weeks, months, or years? What, what does all that mean? So I think you, I agree. To put something out and then to go radio silent is dangerous mm-hmm. because we start speculating during that period. I, I do agree. I think it's bad. I think they should not have announced it uh, or f- somehow figured out how to change that contractual ag- obligation if there was one to not announcing it until you had all your I's dotted and your T's crossed. Mm. Because you get into this, this dangerous position where your customers now just start running willy-nilly like <laughs> chickens with their heads cut off while still grabbing pitchforks and torches to storm the castle type of mentality, right? Yeah. Well, I think uh, maybe the players can be controlled to a certain degree because – I mean, I, I don't know. I, I I don't think the SOE game players number quite as many as, you know, say, uh, Microsoft customers or Google customers or whatever. Pick a big corporation. I think that there's maybe uh, we're restrained or restricted to one sort of venue for our discussions, you know, the forums. And the outside world doesn't necessarily see that. But it's starting to sort of leak out into the outside world, this this venom and anger and frustration that people are feeling because the company that they pay their money to isn't talking, and this other company is talking. I, I disagree. I don't think SOE can control us because, damn it, Allie, nobody puts baby in a corner. <laughs> but they're not helping themselves when you're right. One side is talking and the other isn't. But again, while I think it's bad, I don't expect anything else from SOE because in the past they love radio silence because I think they believe giving wrong information is worse than giving no information. I I don't want to accuse them of turtling, right? But Mm -hmm. they, they seem to hide in their shell going, we'll come back to you when we have a definite answer. And like the guy in the booth. Yeah, that goes on forever, though, it the guy, seems. The guy under the hood, right, reviewing the play. But eventually he does come out with a definitive answer. Uh, yes, but we get the next window, please, sign up for how long. <laughs> and I just want to make one correction, if I could. When I said con- the players can be controlled, I didn't mean controlled like a puppet. <laughs> I meant controlled like a forest fire. Uh, contained, I guess, is a better way of, of putting it. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. So, but now we're starting to leak out and the fire is spreading, you know, and it's it, it's made worse when this other company that we don't even know is is answering questions in broken English. 
Well, <laughs> in lieu of any information, we'll take whatever we can get. And and that seems to be what's happening. You, you hear dribs and drabs of stuff. And uh, once you get that spark, like you were talking about that forest fire, once you get that spark, it seems to blaze out of control all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And there's nobody there to manage those expectations or, like you say, to contain that wildfire before it just becomes a firestorm. I, I feel like it's out of control at this point. I don't know. I just wonder how much power this fire has, you know, and will it continue raging or will people just sort of give up the fight at some point because it's not really their fight. At least the people who are affected directly, I think that fire will keep burning, but I just wonder how big it really is. You know what I mean? Like are people just looking for something to be mad about? Well, certainly the mob mentality is easy to jump onto. There's probably a fair amount of bandwagging, jumping oning. Uh, you know, and I don't think I am. I, I, as I said earlier, I'm still a little indifferent to this because I think I can, I can understand and appreciate why this is happening. As I said earlier, it's just good business. What I think, and this is this is Delmont's opinion, uh, we've watched in the past uh, SOE struggle at times with internationalization of things. Every time they seem to want to run a contest. Well, the contest is only available to those in North America. And then the European folks chime up and the Oceania people chime up. And, well, what about me? When do I get my contest? Why can't I participate in this? Mm -hmm. Uh, Same thing when it comes to shipping new expansions. You have countless laws and rules, I would imagine, when crossing borders. And SOE, based in San Diego, is North America-centric. I don't know... And I can't imagine how much time, effort, and money goes into figuring out all the permutations to deal with all the different national laws that exist out there for distributing product, pricing it, tariffs, taxes, all these things. So while that is something they have struggled with and I think perhaps done poorly, well, They've now found an opportunity to partner with somebody who perhaps is more experienced in this space than they are, a a European partner who will help them market their product successfully within the European Union. So therefore, I look at this as this just makes good business sense. Do what SOE does well, make games and deal with it in North America distribution and localization and all that sort of stuff in Europe, find somebody who does do that well and make it their problem. Let them succeed at it. And in doing so, well, you've got to throw them a bone. You've got to throw them some money and let them share in the profits of this. And that's what I think they've done. So if I think IP blocking is going to become something that is reality, it is going to be so that Proceben Sat 1 can show what they're doing, which customers are theirs, and bolstering their sales. I'm sure, and I would guess, this is speculation though, that if subscriber numbers in Europe go up, they will be credited for it, and therefore they will get a bigger share of the profits. So I see this as as an outsourcing opportunity, and maybe because it's affecting me in my real life as well, I'm a little bit more understanding of it or a little bit more tolerant of it because I'm going through it myself. But I understand, do what you do well, and if that's not part of your core business or it's something that costs you a lot of money to do, partner with somebody else and have them do it for you. But you have to let them share in the profits. (laughs) They're not going to do it for free, right? Let them participate with you. Let them work on what you don't work on well. Does that make sense? It does. And I wonder, though, I mean, we can't know because, you know, the the nature of the deal, like who's paying who here Mm -hmm. or whom, you know, I I have a feeling this is more of a partnership than it is a vendor client situation. But it feels, I think, to the players like we're being passed off, not we per se, me and you, but some of us, uh, some of our family Mm -hmm. is being handed off to the neighbors who are, or, you know, it's like, do you ever read a series of unfortunate events? These kids that get, you know, basically passed off to some um, guardian who they don't know. Uh, and they're kind of left to fend for themselves. And it's just all of these 
crazy things going on. And, you know, maybe there's this evil character over there. We don't know. We don't know. Are they evil? And, of course, we want to think the worst. But it's like, oh, seeing your your little cousin over there getting carried away in a van as the cheese pirate cartoon kind of <laughs> intimated. Well, absolutely. Uh, to take that one step further, we were talking about this before. I, I guess I uh, compare this a little bit to the story of Hansel and Gretel. Uh, the woodsman left them in the woods because they were starving with him. Well, maybe somebody will come along. Unfortunately, the witch came along, but... Maybe somebody will come along and take better care of them than he can himself. Uh, so, maybe, well, actually, maybe the Hansel and Gretel story isn't a good example. But you know what? Kind of, if I can't take care of you, maybe I can hand you to somebody who can take better care of you locally than I can from afar. Uh, and I being SOE, I'm not saying Delmont's out there to take care of all of you, but, oh, I'll take care of you and your little dog. But uh, so that's how I see this, you know. I, I guess I'm looking at it from a business sense, and, and maybe because I'm not directly affected, I'm not emotionally invested in it, and I don't see P7S.1 as the enemy or the Wicked Witch. Maybe I'm just too far on the sidelines to be involved, but I guess in the long run, I'm thinking this will be a good thing. I, I do believe that because, well, today it's also EQ2 that we're talking about, but there are other titles involved and other future titles on the way as well. So maybe if uh, ProSiebenStat can do well in Europe, well, maybe that's going to boost up SOE's bottom line and they can do more with what they have and make more games. I, I hope I'm not sitting out there with rosy glasses and being fooled and fooling myself or convincing myself that this is a good thing, but I can certainly see and understand why they, and I'm going to use that term again, outsourced their European stuff, distribution, support, localization, those things, to a company over there who might be able to do it better than they can. And by I, better, it might be cheaper. Right, right, which is a good point. Uh, better customer service, better service, better coverage, better all of that is a good thing. I think what people are upset about is it goes hand in hand with putting up a barrier between continents. Yes, and I would say had this been a new thing started with EQ3 or EQ Next, whatever that will be, or Planet Side 2, yes, people would have been upset, but they, I don't think, would have been as upset I think because people are talking about, well, you're making changes to an eight-year-old title. We've been doing this since day one, and now you're potentially going to change the rules of engagement. Well, again, I guess you see the corporation as the evil being when they do that. Maybe they're trying to do the right thing going forward. And maybe it's that unknown that we keep coming back to. Maybe it's the unknown fears that are driving a lot of this still. Mm. Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe we'll find out in a couple of days that, oh, all your fears have been put aside. None of the worst case scenarios are going to happen. None of the even bad case scenarios are going to happen. By the way, we're giving everybody uh, 500 station cash, 1,000 station cash for free. Oh I, okay, maybe I'm, maybe I'm exaggerating now, right? You know, and everybody's going to get free shamrock shakes from now on. I, I'm more inclined to believe that it's going to be somewhere down in the middle it's not going to be the end of the world, but it's not going to be free shamrock shakes either. I, I, I just don't think it's going to be great. It's, I don't think it's going to end up fabulous for everybody. I think they're going to have a happy medium between worst and best. Because I don't think you can please everybody. Well, I think if we look at history a little bit, there were going to be certain things that were going to be the death knell of EQ2. Station cash, free to play, and maybe now this. But don't you feel like we've already watched the EQ2 be buried? We went to the funeral. In some ways, our EQ2 is already gone. It's a new EQ2. It's a different game now than it was when we first started. The people playing are different. The vibe is different. Don't you think? I feel like it's it's a completely different game now. 
And I think after this, there's 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 before and after the outage, the heck, right? Mm-hmm. It's like this this might be one of those moments in time. There's before and after this proceben deal. Mm-hmm. Before and after the outage. Before and after the you know the NGE or whatever for Star Wars galaxies. You know what I mean? If you equate it to a person, there are stages in your life. And this might just be the next stage of it. And some things are good about it, and some things are not great about it. But you, I don't want to say you grow up because I'm, I'm not accusing that the game needs to grow up like it's being childish. But you move into that next station in life. And this is just the next station in life in EverQuest 2. Things are going to be different. And absolutely, they're very different from November of 2004. Those are fond memories. And pre-outage is a fond memory. And pre-station cache is a fond memory. Well, now it's an... I guess I'm being rosy-glassed here. Maybe now it's an opportunity for new fond memories. Man, I sound like a fanboy. I think you're trying to be positive because I think it's foolish to guess. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm all for being positive. I'm all for waiting to see what happens. But... When you wait to see what happens, um, my guess is we'll never see what happens. We'll see some of it. And it's going to be probably, you know, it's not going to be one day we wake up and there's a post with all the information we've always wanted in it. No. Um, It'll probably be a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there. And you'll have to piece it all together or go read Wire um, where it's all been pieced together for you. Uh, and I don't, I just don't know that we're going to have all the information or all the answers. And I don't know that, uh, you know, the fire department's going to come along and put out this fire all at once. I think it's going to peter out gradually over a long period of time, but I guess it just remains to be seen. Anything we say at this point is sort of just speculation and, and guessing. And, uh, but I, I, I think understanding where the players are coming from. I think that's an important thing. Uh, I think that talking about, you know, how we look at SOE as a family, as an extended family, sort of, you know, it's almost like, you know, going to therapy, you know, look at your look, look in the mirror. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Why are we so attached? Why are we so emotionally involved here? I think that's interesting. We're emotionally involved in this client-vendor relationship. What other place do you have that except, you know, your hairdresser maybe? I mean, I, I don't feel that way about my grocery store. Do you? Uh, certainly not. Certainly not. And, that, and that's, I think, something, again, if I'm being overly positive, something positive for SOE to take away and maybe a lesson to learn. You know, if your players didn't care, they wouldn't be creating a 150-plus post thread about this. Mm-hmm. They care. They want to succeed. They want to do well. They want to have a good time playing. So if you had a eh, community, eh, maybe there'd be a couple of posts about it. But certainly it shows that there are a lot of people who are charged about this. Maybe Perhaps they're negatively charged at the moment, but they are excited somehow about it. Maybe not positively again just, just right now, but... Uh, what would be worst? Having nobody care? I think that's the worst. You know, what's the old saying about celebrity? Uh, bad press is still good press. At least you're in the press. At least your players are still talking. They're charged. They're excited about something. I think it would be bad if they were all just meh about it. Mm. So, I wonder who's the loudest community. I mean, you got DCO, EQ2, the Clone Wars, right? Mm. Free Realms. Planet side too. There's no community there yet, yeah. really. I mean, I, I think EverQuest Two has probably the loudest community uh, on this. Probably, I, I would say probably because they're mostly the mature crowd. They're the most adults. You know, those other games are somewhat uh, kid oriented. Uh, like the seven year olds not posting about some corporate European corporate deal, huh? Yeah, they're more worried <laughs> about the Rob Goblin and his coins than necessarily. Uh, CEO decisions and how it's going to affect them. But maybe DCUO might be closely behind that or slightly ahead of it because, uh, again, it's a worldwide newer. franchise and a newer game, exactly. Mm-hmm. And plus, it I don't know how this affects it either. 
being on the PS3 versus just on the PC. Mm, yeah, good point. So uh, I have to be honest, I haven't been following anybody other than the EverQuest 2 community about this, so I don't know what the other game titles are saying. I would assume it somewhat mirrors it, but I don't know the intensity of that mirror. I don't know. I have a feeling the EQ2 community is a little more negative than some of the newer ones. It's just a guess, though. Uh, very possible. Very possible. Again, because they've been around the longest. I think of all those titles that are included, EQ2 is the oldest population in terms of having been around. Mm. So you probably have players who are saying, hey, I've been invested in this game for eight years, and now you're making a change? Well, if you've only been invested in it and say, and I'm just making this up, eight months, well, then, okay, maybe it's not so bad. Eight years is a long time, especially if you've been around since day one. I used to have a theory that they were trying to get rid of us, old people. I mean, it's totally paranoid and tinfoil hat has shoved me. What do you think, like I, Logan's Run, you play for a couple of years <laughs> and then they mysteriously you disappear you know, one I, day, you just never log like, in again? You know, they try to get, like, like uh, you eight-year-old play. Hey, we, what can we do? What can we put in this game to make you go away? What can we do to make you stop playing? Let's try Station Cash. Let's try Free to Play. All I can think is, ding, you've turned level 30. Now report to the central building for processing. <laughs> then we never hear from you again. What was the name of that? Um, the outside. What was it? I forget that movie. I remember watching that so long ago. The, what did they call it? I believe it was called Logan's Run. But don't... No, 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 no. No, no, no. I know the movie's called Logan's Run. But where they went, I don't the outside, know. they had a name for it. I don't know. Maybe somebody who's listening can email us with that. Okay. It was like outside of the dome or whatever. And like you went through this tunnel that was like all cheesy sci-fi movie, 70s tunnel with like creatures and stuff. And then you're out in the outside world. I can't remember what it was called. I don't know. Ah, But they made uh, Never mind. Anyway, great movie. <laughs> so let's talk about something we wish we knew when we were noobs. So, Allie, what's something you... Wish you knew when you were a noob. Well, one of those things for me is slash commands. There are all kinds of useful slash commands in the game. You know, I mean, you type slash G say to talk in group and things like that, right? Slash tell, whatever. There are a whole ton of them. And when I first started, I don't think I knew what they all were. And I think I found a list somewhere. But I didn't realize you could actually find the list in game. You can type slash A, hit tab. You can type each letter, actually, to get an entire list of all the commands. Slash A, then hit tab, and it gives you a list of everything starting with A. And then you can do slash B and tab. And there are a whole ton of interesting features built in with these slash commands. Like, for example, mood slash mood. Did you know... That you can change the mood of your character. You can appear happy or sad or angry. And it will stay there until you change it back. I, I certainly did not. Uh, but I do know about the, the tabbing. Yes, because I use that all the time. Because the one command I always get stuck on, I think it's set channel number. Or set number channel. I can never remember which one it is. So I type SET and hit tab. And it shows me all the commands that start with set. And I, then I see it right there for me. Yeah, actually, that one um, I've used in the past. The set, yeah, it's set channel number, and then you put in the old number and the new number. I learned that from you, Del. Because that's what we hear a lot of in game, and I always just tell folks type set and hit tab, and it'll tell you. Mm -hmm. That's a T shell command for those Unix nerds out there. Mm. So, what did you wish you knew? Well, it's not so necessarily a noob thing because voice chat wasn't around when we first started. But uh, since I started using the streaming client, I have found that every time I get moved around in raid, which happens a lot, as you know, Ali, I'm constantly being bumped around in various <laughs> groups. Every time I get moved into a group, I get set back into uh, raid chat, raid voice chat. And I find that annoying because uh, my raid leader at times likes to be also in vent and in raid chat. So I get him in stereo twice. So I found that so darn annoying because every time I'd get moved, i got to go in, click it, and, and set it back to none. But apparently there is an option under options, voice chat, advanced, called 
auto join when not in channel. If you uncheck that, you will not be put into the voice channel when you change uh, groups or get into a group or whatnot. It will keep your voice chat set to what it already is. Uh, so I have been very happy since finding that. A member of my uh, raid group mentioned that to me. Uh, Amiga mentioned it, so I feel I should give him credit uh, for pointing that out to me because, God, I am so sick and tired of unsetting myself in raid every time I get moved around. Yeah, when we first got voice chat in game, whatever the setting is that puts you in channel immediately when you log in, that that was the default. I had to go turn it off because, you know, there's nothing more terrifying than logging into the game and then all of a sudden your volume's turned up too high and somebody starts talking to you over your speakers and you jump it scared the crap out of me several times, so I had to turn it off because I don't want to join Guild Chat right, right when I come in to game, scaring me people. Yeah, I think I had that when we didn't have the streaming client, and then when I switched to the streaming client, it got turned back on by default. Mm. And I, I've had this problem for months, and I've hated it, but thankfully that is now solved for me. Well, good. I'm glad you found that. It's also in Are You Smarter Than a Delmon Week here on EQ2 Talk. And if this is your first time joining us, Are You Smarter Than a Delmon is a little segment of a trivia contest we like to play. Uh, Allie has two categories of questions that she has, uh, one of which is entitled Medicine for the Soul, which I've been <laughs> ignoring for many weeks now and would continue to do so. So, Allie, what will be the name <laughs> of the other category that I'm going to pick? Okay, we'll just skip right ahead. Uh, your category is Sounds Like Fun. Okay, Sounds Like Fun. I'm excited by this. So uh, this comes in both a challenge mode and normal mode, does it not? It does. It does. So let me set it up for you first here. Okay. Now, as you might have guessed, this is an audio question. Ooh, the audio daily double. It is indeed. Uh, in the past, I've said this on a number of occasions, sound effects and music are about 27% of the game. But you, Delmon, you continue to play with the sound off. Correct. And I believe you are at a disadvantage. And I believe this week might be extremely difficult for you. We're going to test your knowledge of the sounds in-game. I'm going to go normal mode right right now. I'm, <laughs> okay. You are right, because I do play with sound off because I like to watch TV while I'm playing. I especially like to play sound off during raids. Well, if you have never heard any of these sounds, you're going to be at a major disadvantage. So my guess, if I were a betting wood elf, I would bet all of our listeners this week are smarter than a Delmon. So your normal mode is you have to correctly identify more than half of these sounds. Okay. And there, right. are, there are 12. So you only need to get seven to be correct. I'm to win. already nervous. Here's sound number one. Okay, sound number one, I believe, is level ding. Yes, you got one. I have heard that before. And that was the easiest one. Wonderful. Uh, Excellent. I, I think I remember hearing that in EverQuest 1. I think it's actually the same ding sound from EverQuest 1. Really? I, I think it might be, but I'm not 100% sure. But uh, uh, it's been a while since I've heard that in game uh, on, on Delmont for sure. Okay, how about number two? Okay, I think that sound is the AA ding sound. No, that is not correct, Del. Okay, I've certainly heard that, but I don't know what that's for then. That is the sound when you skill up. Say, okay. for example, gathering skill or fishing or something to that effect. Swimming. Yes. Okay. Well. So you're 50% right now. All right. Let's move on to sound number three. Sound number three. Okay. I believe that is the boat arriving. Yes, it is. Okay. All the right. Mariner Bell. When Mar you click on the Mariner Bell and you call the boat or you call the... Whatever. That is correct. 
Number four. I have certainly heard that sound before, but I don't know what it is. I'm going to have to take a wild guess. Is that, I want to say it's dying, but I think that's wrong. I'm going to go AA ding now again. No. That's the sound that's made when you attune an item. Okay. All right. Sure. Yep. That sounds right. We're back to 50% again, Del. You're not winning. Let's try for number five. I believe that is gathering. <laughs> no. That's what happens when you open your mail. Ugh. Well, I don't get a lot of mail, so that explains <laughs> that. All right. I know you've heard number six before, and if you don't get it, if you don't know it, you should be able to get it by the sound. Is that mining? Oh, no. Wow, you're really bad at this. That's a chest dropping. Okay, well, again, loot never drops when I want it. So, again, that's a sound I don't get to hear too often. Wow, you're doing really bad. You still have a chance, though. You still have a chance. You have gotten three out of, I'm sorry, two out of six so far. Okay. You still have a chance. All right. Try for number seven. That is friend logging in. Oh, Del, 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 Del. You don't have many friends, do you? No, I don't. Because that's not it. Okay. That would be a trade skilling sound. It's the sound you get when you've increased the quality. Sort of a quality skill up in trade skilling. Okay. Well, again, I don't do that very often either. Okay. Number eight you have to get. Now, I know I've heard that sound. Is that when you've been given a new spell? No. Oh. That was the AA ding. Oh. <laughs> Finally. I knew I had heard that somewhere. Well, I, some, are AA, some AAs are spells, so we might have to go to the judges' table on that one. Nah, I don't think so. All uh, right. I, I'm I am, grasping I at straws here. Can't you see? Somebody throw me a lifeline. <laughs> Let's see if you get number nine. I doubt it, though. I bet you've never even heard this sound once. That is the giggle, gibber, goblin, gambling sound. Wow. You got one. I was shocked. I thought you uh, never played that. Uh, you're right. I don't play it all that often. I did back in the day. But that one, I don't think there's anything else that sounds like that. Mm -hmm. Some of the, the digging and the AAs, those kind of all blend together a little bit for me. But that one is very unique. All right. Let's go for number 10. That's friend logging in. I'm sorry. You'd be incorrect. Friend logging That's... out? No. That's the sound of getting a group or raid invite. Don't get a lot of those either, I guess. Don't you get it at least three times a week? I, I'm supposed to, but <laughs> I don't think that's a sound you commonly hear in G5. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we totally lost at this point, but let's do the rest just for fun. There's uh, only two more. Try for number 11. So I'm now just playing for pride. Right, right, right. Wizard portal being opened? No. That's a guild level up. It scares it scares me every time because it happens so rarely, but when it does happen, it kind of makes you jump. Everybody in the guild hears it. Like, say, you, well, you've probably never heard it because you only joined guilds after their max level, right? Well, yeah, you know me. I'm you, a latcher honor. You don't actually do the work to no. get them there. Okay, well, when somebody else levels the guild with, like, turning in relics or something like that, and you're sitting there trade skilling, and everyone in the guild hears that sound, and it man, it can make you jump out of your seat because it's kind of scary. 
I'll go so as far as to say I don't think I've ever heard that. The last time I was leveling a guild would have been maybe under the patron system. Oh, wow. That is really a long time ago. Well, for a real um, walk down memory lane, number 12 is kind of a trick one because it's not in the game anymore. Well, if it's no longer in the game, it, there's well, there's a lot of things that are no longer in the game. So I'm going to guess guild deleveling. No. Okay. That sounds way too happy to be guild deleveling. Don't you think? Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm six feet under at this point, Allie. I don't think it's going to make <laughs> much difference what I guess anymore. That's the sound when you become a Kino citizen. Really? Yes. Now, technically, I said it's not in the game. Technically, the sound itself is still in the game. And as a matter of fact, if you want to see what these sounds are and try them all out, type in slash play sound, all one word, and hit enter, and you'll get an entire list of all the sounds that are in the game. So you can type slash play sound space and then whatever those commands are and hear each one. Well, I got to be honest. I didn't even know you could do that. That's really cool. I did not know you could play these sounds on demand like that. Yes, these were all recorded in my guild hall in a very quiet corner. Uh, I was looking everywhere in the game for a corner of the world that had the fewest sound effects. And I couldn't go in my house because there are frogs and creatures and things in there. So uh, I had to go stand in my guild hall and face the corner. Wow, I got to say, uh, that was great. Uh, certainly, uh, you can see by my performance, I don't play with sound on uh, at all. So uh, this, this, was, this was doomed to fail from the start. <laughs> well, so all of our listeners are smarter than Adelman this week. If you play with sound on. I, yeah, that's true. I, I think that would be an interesting statistic to know, though, just how many players who are like me play with sound off completely and, and would almost have no clue uh, certainly when a new expansion comes out, I turn it on to listen to the zone music in the beginning. But uh, after a few chords, I pretty much turn it off. So, uh, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I am missing out on, what was it, 27.2% of the game? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Maybe that's uh, one of those questions they can ask on Facebook. Maybe I'll do a feedback on that. Ask a Facebook question, how many people play with the sound on? Uh, yeah, or in their polls, maybe to determine... Uh, should they be spending a lot of time on sound? If if a lot of players are like me, maybe it's not something they should invest a lot of effort into. Yeah, one of the polls, in-game polls. So did we have anything else then, Allie, for this, the 41st episode of EQ2 Talk? I think that pretty well covers it. Okay, so first let's say thank you to everybody who took the time to download the podcast. We certainly hope that you enjoyed it. Let's also say thank you to this week's corporate sponsor, Volkswagen. Das Auto. Test drive an all-new Volkswagen Passat at your local Volkswagen dealership. Motor Trends 2012 Car of the Year Award winner. Volkswagen. Das Auto. If you'd like to reach us, you can send us an email. I'm at Allie at EQ2Talk.com. Or I'm Delmon at EQ2Talk.com. Or you can reach us in-game by mail. EQ2.unrest.alicious, A-L-I-S-C-I-O-U-S. Or I'm EQ2.unrest.delmon, D-E-L-L-M-O-N. You can join our in-game chat channel, which, again, is EQ2.unrest.eq2talk. Or you can find us over on Facebook as well at Facebook.com slash EQ2talk, where we would love if you would like us. And if you're on Twitter, you can follow us at EQ2Talk. Hope you'll all join us again for episode number 42. And say goodnight, Allie. Goodnight, Allie. Did you not want to say a museum dedicated to the history of money? Mm, das Auto. Mr. Okay. Roboto. Hello? 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 Hello, caller? Caller. <laughs> this is episode number 47, and we... <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> the listeners are going to be pissed. Not only do they have no eight, they have no 41, 42, 43. Oh, my goodness. The advertisement. How do I say that? Just laughs. Ha, ha, ha. No, I'm not doing that. That's role play. You know, it's Volkswagen, right? Not Volkswagen. Sorry, I'm not mocking Europe. 